so glad you're with us today. My name is Drew Klein. I'm one of the pastors here at South City. And uh, if this is one of your first times to be with us, thank you for being here. We are so honored that you're here with us, and we hope you feel like family uh, and are treated like family. And we hope that you'll just join in here with us and be about what God is doing in us and through us. Uh, it's a joy to be with you today. If you've been with us the last few weeks or been watching online or anything, you know that we have uh, been in a series called South City 20. We've been going through our vision statement. Who are we? Who do we want to be? How are we going to live this out in every single day of our lives? What does it need to look like? When you walked in here, you walked underneath our vision statement. It says, we exist to love God and all people by becoming authentic disciples who make disciples for the glory of God and the good of the city. So when you walked under that statement, and when we walk out of here under that statement, the hope is that we are becoming uh, what that vision says that we can become. And so the last few weeks we've been talking about that specifically. As we were going through that, my heart kind of got paused. The Lord just kind of paused my heart on that first section of the vision statement. We exist to love God and all people. Now, often I talk about that statement about the fact that we want to be a multicultural, multi-generational church. We want our church to reflect our community in every possible way. But the reality is that, that little section of our vision statement comes from what's called the great commandment. And Jesus gives us this great commandment. It was in our bumper this morning that you saw in our, our little thing that we played here just a minute ago. And he says basically that we love the Lord with all our hearts, with all our soul, with all our mind, all our strength. And we love our neighbor as ourself. But the thing is, friends, is I don't feel a lot of love in our country, do you? I don't feel a lot of love on social media. And sadly, you know, obviously I'm a pastor and I'm a believer and I've been friends with a lot of believers and pastors for a lot of years. So you can imagine the people who make up a lot of my Facebook feed are a lot of the body of Christ, right? They are not unified. They are separated in many ways. And yet Jesus prayed in John 17 that the believers of Jesus would be one. His prayer would, was that we would be unified and that as we're unified, the world would see that unity. The world would see that love and come to know Christ as a result of that love. They are not seeing that love, I don't think. Do you? In many ways, in many cases, in many places, they're not seeing that love and it saddens me. And so the Lord just kind of paused my heart uh, on that part of the vision statement, that we love God and all people. The question is, how do we love people? How do we love our neighbor? What does that even mean? So today we're going to take a look at that, and we're going to begin this new series called Neighbor. We're going to be in this series for about 10 weeks, and we're going to finish it up on Easter. And so it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful time just looking into...
for the grace of God. Anytime we have an opportunity to, to love people and to, to move toward them. Pray for them. How about that? Sometimes we just ask them, hey, I'm, I pray for you guys all the time. Is there anything specific I can pray for? And they might go, well, I'll be honest, my wife's just gotten out of the hospital. And you listen and you listen. Now tell me your wife's name again. Okay. And then you might go, hey, what, is it okay if we just pray real quick right now? Right here in the driveway, right here in the street, right here in the neighborhood. Is that okay? I've never had one person say, I'd rather not. Never. Pray for people. Find out what their needs are. Learn their names. Learn their kids' names. Learn their hobbies. Learn their histories. Learn their jobs. Learn their pets' names. It's loving. Choose to see them and their needs. Be present. Be available. Share the hope of Jesus and how we love in a winsome and loving way. We don't focus on winning them. We focus on loving them. And in loving them, we pray that God would bring them to his mercy and his grace. That's the gospel of Jesus. Here's the last thing I want to show you. Love yourself in Christ in order to love others. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. But how do we do that? Because oftentimes I don't love myself. I don't really even like myself in a lot of times. I know the deepest brokenness in my soul, and it's not pretty. Many of you don't know how to love yourself. You don't know how to care for yourself. So how are we supposed to love other people? Now, I want to talk about a couple of different things. Uh, Paul speaks to Timothy about being in the last days, people be lovers of self. That's not what I'm talking about. That's a haughtiness. That's a self, that's a confidence that is, is over. That's a sinful thing. I'm talking about care for yourself. I'm talking about a godly understanding of who you are in Christ. That's what I'm talking about. Scott Sauls is a, a writer, pastor out of Nashville. He has a wonderful book on this topic called Befriend. I encourage you to get it. But he says this in his book. He says, Adam and Eve's shame was exposed in the garden. Their focus shifted to themselves. They lost their interest in each other's well-being and turned against each other. Adam blamed Eve for the new predicament. Then he blamed God. Eve blamed the serpent and history's first experience of hell. Alienation from the face of God and love for one another broke loose. Friends, this is where shame began. It caused us to, to notice ourselves, to notice the things that we feel like are wrong about ourselves instead of all of our focus and attention being on our creator, all of our attention being on serving others. In that moment, all of a sudden, we were hypersensitive to ourselves. So when we meet people, when we interact with people, when we deal with our family members, our coworkers, our friends, our church family, in many ways, we connect with everybody. We, we choose to focus on ourselves, don't we? Isn't that what we do? We choose to, to focus on our needs and our wants. And if that conflicts with what you want, sorry. It's about us. It's all about us. But here's the thing. That's not love. That's selfishness. We have to see people, all people, for an opportunity to show God's grace, forgiveness, and his love. And we can't let shame keep us from this obedience in the command of Jesus. Uh, Saul says this as well. He says, shame, the disquieting, vague sense that there's something deeply wrong with us. We all have some aspect of this. He says that we're not enough. It keeps us preoccupied with ourselves and inattentive to the needs of others. 
It tells us that we have to fix ourselves before we can serve others, to clean up messy selves before we can be any good to friends and neighbors and especially to poor, lonely, and oppressed and people on the margins. What if our secret battle of shame was neutered so we could spend less energy covering ourselves and more energy loving the people in front of us? Shame caused Adam and Eve to cover, to focus on themselves, and it causes us to do the very same thing. So instead of pulling in the garage and hurrying in the house, linger. Is anybody out that I can just show the love of God to, and if they have a minute, go talk? Is that going to take that long? What can I do to move toward people? When I see someone in the neighborhood, can I walk over and say hi? As we engage with our families and all these neighbors, these friends, everybody we run into, can you ask yourself this question? That coworker that drives you crazy. That family member that's that family member. Maybe the question is, Lord, how can I love them? Teach me what I need to do to love them. Help me to have grace and forgiveness and mercy, but how... How can I love God? Show me. Ask the Lord to give you opportunities for exchanges with people so that you can love them with intentionality and purpose. Go for walks in the neighborhood, and before you go, say, Lord, I I pray that you let me run into somebody today, and I hope that I can be encouraging to them and love them. And, and, And watch what happens. It's amazing. God is with you. C.S. Lewis says this. He says, next to the blessed sacrament itself, Our neighbor is the holiest object presented to our senses. Our neighbors are a big deal. They are the very space where we get to act out this thing we call Christianity. They are the very relationships we get to model the one that's been given and modeled for us. As God has given his love to us, his mercy, now we get to show it to other people. Our confidence, our identity, Our security has to be in Jesus. It can't be in what we're not. It can't be in the brokenness that keeps us from moving forward. You may not know this about me. It's hard to see this sometimes when somebody stands on stage, but I'm an introvert. If we were at a coffee shop, a really big coffee shop, and we're all doing our work, I would be the guy in the corner going, drink my coffee, you know. I'm an introvert. But guess what is greater than my personality type? My identity as a believer in Jesus. And so God has called me to press through my introversion, to love people, to care for people, to serve people, to tell people about the grace and mercy of Jesus. God has called me to do that outside of my personality type. We have to have confidence and security and identity in Jesus Not in what we've done. We talked about that in Galatians. Not in what we've done. Not in what we've accomplished, but what Jesus has done for us. He calls us loved and forgiven and free. It's because of that reality in us that we can offer it to anyone else. Jesus, as I close, listen, Jesus was perfect in every way, wasn't he? He was sinless. He didn't make mistakes. Jesus had nothing to be ashamed of, did he? Nothing. And yet he allowed himself to be stripped naked, spit upon, crucified, and his very blood poured out 
so that you don't have to bear that shame. Isn't that beautiful? The very essence of the gospel of Jesus. He became that curse on our behalf. He took that shame from us. So we we don't have to cover ourselves anymore in that way. We can say, Lord, use my personality. Use my obedience. It's going to be imperfect and it's going to be a messy life. Use my home that's not perfect. Use my home, God, for people, for your glory, for the gospel. Use my coworkers. Use these opportunities, these, these conversations, these little moments. If I'll just be attentive to the Holy Spirit in my heart and in my life, God, there's no telling what you'll do in the people around me. Spirit, just move through me. Help me to speak your heart, to know your word, and to love people because that's what you've called me to do. Over the next several weeks, we're going to look at specific relationships, each of these icons. And this is a great graphic. I thank Eric Pickett for doing this graphic for us. Each of these little icons represent one of the messages we're going to teach. As we look at these specific relationships, my prayer is that God shows us how to love. That he changes us, church. That he does a work in us right here, South City Church. Whoever's watching, that he does a work in us. That he opens our eyes as a church and as individuals to what he loves, to who he loves, to how he loves. To see the needs, to see the souls, to see the pain of everybody we meet and run into. That he would open our hearts in such a way that it moves us not to just feel something, but to move intentionally toward people. The the prayer of our church is that we make a difference in the lives of, of the people in this community, of you. We're not here to put on a show. We're not here for you to hear a speech and some music. We're here for life transformation. God has done it in our lives and now it's our job. It's our calling to be moved towards people that he moves through you to those in need. And yet somehow the blessing gets stopped because we We can't push through our personality. We can't push through our fear. We can't push through our lack of understanding of Scripture, whatever the case may be. It's time for us to love. It's time for us to be who God has called us to be. Amen? Let's pray to that end. Father God, we love you. Lord, we're learning to love you with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. It's not easy, God. But you're teaching us that everything we have and everything we are is how we love you. It encompasses everything, God. But Lord, when you say to love our neighbors, we love ourselves, it's hard to understand what that even means when we don't know how to love ourselves. God, would you show us the truth of who we are in you, your sons and your daughters, free, forgiven, Covered by the grace and mercy of Jesus, not by our shame, not by what we've done or haven't done, who we've been or who we're not. God, we are yours. And you've called us to be your ambassadors to this world. What are we going to do with that? I pray that you help us to not be content to hide away in our homes. To not be content to, to not speak to the neighbor sitting next to me on the airplane. To not be content... To, to have lunch maybe with somebody at work that, that is never spoken to or never cared for. God, give me your eyes. 
and your heart and a courage and compassion to move towards people in spite of my brokenness, in spite of my mistakes, in spite of my fear. God, would you change our hearts to be a people who love like you love? Not just as we love ourselves, Jesus. You said to love as you have loved us. God, because you've loved, you've loved us first. Now we can love the world. Move us now. There may be somebody on our hearts right now, Lord, that that you've laid on our hearts by your spirit. Move us in compassion toward those people. And help us to be the neighbor, God, you want us to be. We pray to Jesus, precious and perfect name. Amen.